Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> Don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Mm. You don't even have to know consonants, words, to be a shrink. No, you come in the office, you tell me a bunch of stuff, and I just go, mm-hmm. Ah, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. I had a whole course in those. We used to know like 40 or 50 of those totally non-consequent words, just nothing but vowels strung together. Ah, ah. And it makes it sound like, you know, people are listening to you, they're thinking, he really understands. No, I was thinking it's been about an hour since I've had coffee. Good to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. Again, I am privileged to be in the studios of St. Gabriel Radio in Columbus, Ohio. Why? Because good Lord permitting, and at my age I say good Lord permitting if something's 10 minutes away, good Lord permitting, we're going to be taping two more episodes of the TV show Living Right with Dr. Ray on EWTN, season number 13. I don't want to say it's a bad luck, but I tripped over the stage last night, sprained an ankle. I've had my lawyers talking already to Ohio Dominican University. I don't think I'll get the whole university, but perhaps just the uh, the big building that I fell in. If you'd like to come, still spots open tonight. They had two very nice crowds last night for our guests, Rachel Muha and Peggy Hartshorn of Heartbeat International. So we got spots open here in St. Gabriel's is my producer man, Dave Orsborn, I thought this was firstborn or lastborn or hisborn or, but it's Orsborn. That's German, isn't it? Some kind of German name? Welsh. Welsh. All right, I do that with bets. Okay, and of course we got Margaret's in here. She's one of our top, if not the top, volunteer on Living Right with Dr. Ray. And then Chris Russ, my producer's wife. She is our floor director. She she nags me. She basically holds up these numbers. Three minutes. Two minutes, 56 seconds. Two minutes, 12 seconds. And I don't pay any attention to her. So what she does is she runs up on stage. She sticks them in my face. Kind of like a little kid trying to get his parents' attention on the phone when you're talking. And you don't want to say anything to them. And they're like writing out the message. And they're holding it in front of your face. Anyway, Chris is delightful. And my producer, Dick Russ, who who left. Anyway. Here's the number to get onto the program, 877-573-7825, 877-57-EQUAL. That's the number, the acronymically number for you to get onto the program. If you have a question about something in your life, people, you know, I love, I really love mankind. It's it's people that I struggle with. It, it truly is. But mankind, generically, generically, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with mankind. I mean, there's probably a billion people in India that I have no problems with whatsoever. None. 
just the neighbor lady. That's it. But the Indian people, no. Chinese people, no. Most of Europe, no. So I'm really about 99.999999% loving if you go by the numbers. 877-57-EQUAL. Love to hear from you if you have a question or a comment to help someone else. Anything else? George, Dave, anything else? No? Okay. All set. Andrew Kruchek is my producer man there in Ann Arbor. He's also the call screamer today. Are you easygoing? Would people around you say, oh, he's easygoing. He's, he's an easygoing guy. She's easygoing. What is easygoing? What does that mean? It means on day-to-day decisions where two people, three people, five people are talking about what to do. You're flexible. You got a friend. She invites you to lunch. The restaurant, she says, is not even in your top ten. There's no way you like that restaurant. But your friend invited you to lunch. Would you not go because you don't like the restaurant? Would you rather not be with your friend because the restaurant isn't your favorite? Or would you say, hey, that's cool. I can go. I can go. I can I can order water, pretzel stick. I can do that. Your dad, when you go somewhere, he wants the front seat. You always sit in the front seat. Would you say, Dad, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, got, I got a ride shotgun. That's, that's just where I'm comfortable. I get nervous in the back, Dad. Or would you just quietly sit in the back and let your dad have the front seat? This is no big deal. This is no moral conundrum here. Your wife wants to watch a movie about orphan puppies. You can't believe it. Orphan puppies. This is her favorite movie. You want to watch some movie called Grizzly Terror. Now, are you going to say, well, I don't, I'm not going to watch that. You watch it. I'm going upstairs. Is that what you do? Or is, there, is the easy going thing to say, oh, you know what? I'll sit with this. I'll just watch the Orphan Puppies movie and hopefully I can last for four minutes until I'm gone, dozing off. What is easy going? It's just you're easy to be around. You don't care. You can go with the flow. You can shrug. Easy going is a relative of charity. It is. And it makes people like being around you. Because you are not real demanding. It's like, if it's not your favorite restaurant, you're not going to go. If it's not a movie you like, you're not going to go. If it's a party and there's somebody there that eh, you had a little trouble getting along with, but your wife is okay with the person, are you going to go? Are you going to be flexible? Day-to-day involves dozens and dozens of choices. Dozens and dozens of occasions when somebody wants to do it this way and you want to do it that way. Okay. What are you going to do? Are you going to insist on your way? Or will you just quietly and easily accept the direction? I think that's easy going. And you know there's people in your life like that. And they're not morally compromising people. They're not saying, well, you know... uh, If you want to sleep around with 27 guys that you met on the internet, that's okay with me because I'm easygoing. No, you're not doing that. It's the stuff of day-to-day. 
No moral component involved, no hurtful component involved. Just the bottom line is, sorry for the cliche, I hate saying that. The bottom line at the end of the day is you're just flexible about it. 877-573-7825, 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. I would definitely want to hear from you. So give me a call. Andrew Kruchek is waiting to take your call. I appreciate it. This is Dr. Ray. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. I don't like looking back. I prefer to look forward and keep moving forward. There's plenty to cover. I do a lot of research and try to dig out the bits and pieces of a life or of an agenda that people don't want to talk about. The World Over with Raymond Arroyo. Tonight, 8 Eastern on EWTN Radio and Television. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. I'll tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. I appreciate the company. It's Dr. Ray Grady program. The doctor is in Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Heard in Tierra del Fuego. Also heard, believe it or not, in the Marianas Trench. The deepest recorded place in the oceans on Earth, seven miles down. If you're down there and you do want to hear the show, it's going to sound a little different. <laughs> All righty. Oh, okay. We got somebody who wants to talk about that. And then we also, Andrew, I hope you put that one caller on um, line number two. If uh, <clears throat> if you know what I mean. Is Jen ready from New Hampshire? Okay, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hey, you know what? I was not going to take your call. However, I'm being flexible. I'm being easygoing. <laughs> You are so funny, okay? You make me laugh every day. Well, uh, Jen, Jen, you don't laugh when I'm trying to be deeply profound, do you? No, no, then I'm serious. 
<laughs> New Hampshire, that's that I'll tell you what, that's live free or die state. Yeah, it is. All right. And as we're different here, but it's good. It's in a good way. You got a comment about being flexible, huh? I do. So I went to see the movie Oppenheimer last week with my husband and my son, and I knew I wasn't really going to like it, but being flexible. I Pure J. Oppenheimer, the guy going. that did the work on the atomic bomb? Yes. Okay. It, I'm not kidding. If there, it was 14 hours long. I'm like, well, it did not end. It would not end. <laughs> this terrible. is the movie that never <laughs> ends. Awful, 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 awful. And did you whine all the way end, through it? I even fell asleep once, but that's okay. At the end, I was talking to them very, you know, level-headed, and I just said, you guys, it was kind of long. And they agreed, and they said it wasn't that good either. They came around to my side even at the end. Because you were sweet and flexible in the beginning. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't want to say this, Jen, and forgive me if I'm being offensive. You know, Oppenheimer was one brilliant dude. And I would imagine a lot of what they talked about on the movie was probably pretty technologically sophisticated, so you just couldn't keep up. Is that what it was? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, okay. I just was just speculating here. I'm a teacher, so that's why I can listen to you during the summer every day. If one of my students wrote a paper like this, F minus. Like, no, there was no focus. It was all over the place. So the dialogue was bad. It just, there was no focus. I, I don't even understand what they were trying to do. Like, I didn't know who was who and what was what. And Well, Jen, awful. I'm going to insult you again. Apparently, you're not really a cutting-edge teacher because, one, you said your student was going to get an F-. minus. You're not allowed to give Fs. Don't you understand that? <laughs> there are no Fs. And I hope, I hope you're not using a red pen. Blood, can't use a red pen, and don't put awk in the margins, see me. I mean, my my papers came back, looked like they'd been in a knife fight. It was so oh, bad. There was so much red on my papers. It affected my self-image forever. I can barely do anything on radio. So funny. Okay, quick so question for you. Since you're a teacher, oh, quick sure. question. Ready? Yeah. I have gotten trouble from teachers, particularly English lit and grammar teachers, who say, do not assign an essay to a student, like an essay of apology or, or some written expression of what they did and how they could have done it better, because that's using my subject, and you're going to turn them off toward my subject, and they're going to hate writing, and... Dr. Ray, I don't, I don't use your subject to punish students. So, Jen, how would you respond to that? I would say it comes back to your directions on writing. Like, you have to give a really clear understanding of what you want. I want you to write about this, and this is why. And if you're clear, there's never any problems. There should always be a focus. There should always be a reason. And the students usually come, they understand if you it would say to a student, if you'd say at the beginning of the year, I do not want to make any of you write. 
If you choose to write, I think that's great. I would be very pleased. But I do not want to force writing upon you by threat of a bad grade. What would happen? I would say you shouldn't be a teacher. You have, if that's well, no, but if you, if, if you were to do that, how would, how would the students react? They'd be like, I'll never write. And they'll never learn how to write well because, and that's so important. You need Aha! to learn how to write well. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. That yeah. means, of course, that when a parent says you need to write this essay of apology and the kid says, I don't want to, and the parent says, I'm going to force you to, basically teachers are doing the same thing just in a different way, correct? And that's okay, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, I since I'm like, sensing well, all. I know what I, you're. You know what I'm getting at? Because yeah, I do. people will say to me, Ray, do you like to write? I'll say, no, I don't. Well, you got a bunch of books. I go, yeah, I like the end product. The discipline itself is grueling. And nobody turned me off toward writing. I was turned off anyway. Which, Jen, you know most people don't like to write. If you took a poll of 100 people... 98% of them are going to say, no, no, I'm not. That, that's just hard to do and to sit down and try to right. actually. Yeah, they don't. I got my producer in here. He writes for a living. He does that all the time. But he's a rarity. Good writing is very difficult. Yes. I've, I read once where. you have where to work this, at it. It's this, like this, working out. Yes, exactly. I, I read once where if something is easy to read, it was hard to write. Yes. I will edit. Absolutely. Anything I write, I will edit for a book 20 times 20 times I and I my first 15 I times I'm going this stinks this just stinks and that means you're a good writer because you're seeing it from all the other sides it's like being a good teacher you have to know what it's like to sit in that seat you have to take on the student's role and be like well how would you like it if you know this happened but you have to do rules students are very good about knowing the rules what are the rules what do I have to do and you have to give it to them in a way that's very understandable. Well, I just want to close with this, Jen. You sound awfully smart for a woman who nine months of the year doesn't listen to me. You do. I'm, I'm kind of impressed that you got that bright in three months. <laughs> Always make me laugh. All right. You call anytime. Write Thank me you a, so much. Write me an email. I'll grade it and send it back to you. All right. Part of my right. bitterness and resentment. All right. I'll talk to you, sweetheart. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Now, this next call we should have put on line two, uh, line number two. And Andrew didn't. All right. He put it on line number one, which is confusing to me. But you'll find out when you find out the details of the call. So we have an anonymous caller from Indiana. And she's a grandma. Hi, Grandma. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Ray. Can you hear me okay? You're a little faint. Huh, yeah, because somehow the, it just changed. You're in your car? Is, is that? Yeah. Is that any better? I guess oh, the, from that's the dramatically better. Yes, I just un, unhooked from the car. Um, so I'm just so thankful that I get some time off of purgatory with this call. And I'm calling on behalf of my daughter. What? A, hey, wait a minute. Is that a great <laughs> accent or what? What accent is that? Well, I'm I'm a, a woman of the world, shall we say? I mean, I'm born in London, mother German, 
now I'm an American. Now, I imagine that you came to the U.S. post-adolescence, right? You were an adult. Correct. Now, how would I know that? Do you want to, are you curious as how I would know that? Because I kept some of my accent, although yes. all my English friends would say That's right. that. Well, but now, so I will have to argue with you here. My mother, who's German, who has lived in England, well, actually now technically she lives in France, um, anyway, away from Germany, ever since she was in her, she came to England to study under some professor, so she was in her late 20s, I suppose. And um, she speaks English, but with a German accent still. Well, I well, think you're right. Yeah, there you go. You Who's just agreed with me yes, while right. you didn't agree with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, because speech therapists will tell you. They say if, like my grandfather, he came here. I think he was older. He was 17 when he came from Italy, and he never lost his Italian accent. My grandmother, who came here before puberty, she was probably nine, she had no Italian accent whatsoever, except for cuss words. When she cussed, it was in, with an Italian accent. And she watched me growing up, so when people say, do you know Italian? I go, I know the cuss words. That's pretty much all I know. <laughs> I know Diavol. Use your imagination on that one. So anyway, you got a little, you got a daughter who has a, a little guy who, yeah. uh, how shall we say, um, well, he's exploratory. He's curious. Yes, that's what I said. So she mm. sent me this text this morning saying that he is pooping in his pull-up and digging in it before she can get to him because she's got another little one that she's trying to deal with as well. And I said, oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Google it. And then you Google it. The what do you Google? You poop in pull-ups. Google. Alexa. <laughs> Siri, yeah. And I, then you came on the radio. So I said, why don't you call Dr. Ray and ask him? And she said, well, I'm trying to put the babies down. I said, okay, I'll call. You listen. So hopefully she's listening. In situations like this, a lot of times you just got to do practical. For example, obviously... He can get into his pull-ups very easily. There's a lot of room for that hand to get in there, right? Right. Is there some way that she can make it so that hand can't get in there so easy? Break this habit? Well, I don't know. Well, for example, for example, she obviously lets him run around in his pull-ups because he's got to right. get his hand in there. All right? As soon as she puts his... Now, I'm, I'm a little curious. At age one, if he's in pull-ups, that's kind of amazing. Really, I would think he'd be in a diaper. However... Maybe in London that's what they call them. You know, you guys got different words for everything over there. No, 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 no. It's actually because he's actually rather, he's sort of on the 99th percentile on the chart for about everything. And he's very strong. And Spoken so like actually, a true grandmother. I have <laughs> never met course. a grandmother whose kid was not on the 99th percentile. <laughs> You know, the, the doctors are the ones that say this. No, it's, it's actually on the charts. So you got the charts, yeah. So you got a really bright kid who is really dumb because you can't be really smart to go in and mess around with your doo doo. How yeah, smart can the kid be? I'd knock a few IQ points off him just for that. No, I meant height wise, height and height oh. strength. He's very, very strong. And it's harder to wrestle him into a diaper than it is to get him to put a 
pull-up on. All right, so she puts him in a pull-up, and she immediately puts something over that pull-up, like an outfit or something, without access to the front. Interesting. I'm assuming he's getting his hands on the back. I didn't ask that technical detail. Well, okay, you got to know the direction. You got to find out yeah. which head, which way he's headed. You know, some kids do the back. Some kids appreciate the back. Uh, other kids like the front. Um, stay there because I got a couple more ideas anyway. This is Dr. Ray. She should have been online too, number two. 877 573 7825. By the way, just quickly, any of you grandparents or parents who have solved this similar problem, kind of a Rorschach, the kid's kind of trying to measure what it is, but similar problem. Give me a call. I want to hear from it. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. An advanced care planning document, or ACP, is one kind of advanced directive, providing a written statement of a person's desired medical treatments in the future. A recent study titled, What's Wrong with Advanced Care Planning?, concluded that there is a gap between hypothetical scenarios and real-world decision-making. Another study found that 80% of emergency room physicians misinterpreted an ACP as a do-not-resuscitate order. Another issue is that any disagreement between medical professionals and the patient's healthcare agent regarding specific ACP language may undermine the patient's ultimate wishes. Your best bet is never to sign an advanced care planning document, such as a pulse form when admitted to a hospital. And make sure your healthcare durable power of attorney has a provision which invalidates any previously signed ACP. This medical moment brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. Believers who respond to God's word and become members of Christ's body become intimately united to him, the Catholic Catechism tells us. Through the sacraments, those who believe are intimately united with Christ in a very real and hidden way. The body's unity does not do away with the diversity of its members who engage in a diversity of functions. The unity of the mystical body triumphs over all human divisions. There are no Jews, no Greeks, no slave, no free man. All are one in the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body of the church, the principle of creation and redemption. We are united with Christ in his Passover. All his members must strive to resemble him until Christ is formed in them. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. This is Dr. Ray Grandy, program doctor is in location, St. Gabriel Radio in Columbus, Ohio, in preparation for two tapings of Living Right with Dr. Ray Tonight at Dominican University, we have a 5.15 and a 7 o'clock episode taping. If you are in the Columbus area, or if you really, really, really love me, and you're in the uh, Nevada area, and you want to come in, that's okay. You just drive in. You can leave now. You got a chance. You got a chance of making it. Well, maybe not Nevada, but Kansas. You can make it in Kansas. I am talking to what is a delightful he sounds like a young grandmother. Uh, her grandson is one. He has decided he wants to, how shall we say, um, he's he's texture-oriented, and probably what it would be 
some type of a kinesthetic texture thing where he goes in his pants and then he goes and checks it out. Grandma, you still there? Yes, I'm still okay. here. Well, the easiest way to solve this, believe it or not, the easiest way to solve this is for her to get an outfit and just put it over him that is, uh, we had somebody suggesting here, and we did this with our kids, onesies. It's an outfit that's just kind of a whole outfit. Flat out, yeah. that's it. You're done. You can't get in there. Shut it off. Uh, because there's yeah. two There's two factors. One, since he's only one, standard discipline isn't going to do much. Because right. there's not really any way he's going to make any connection with all that. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that... I'm sure she's probably talked with him or at, at, at whatever level he can understand it. She's tried to get it through to him, and nah, that's not going to happen either. Even if he's close right. to two, eh, the the attraction of the, the curiosity of this all is overwhelming any kind of reasoning. So that's not going to happen. What you got to do is break the habit. He's found out this is a this is a, this is a habit he doesn't doesn't uh, <laughs> he he isn't uh, grossed out by. So there, <laughs> therefore, you just make it not possible that he can get in there. That's yeah. pretty easy. She can do that. Yeah, I'd be said, curious to think. What, oh, what'd she say? She said she was listening to you, and he didn't have anything on over the top because he'd just come inside because he'd been muddy from being outside. So she had him just in the pull-up. Oh. And so. Okay. So listen, was this effect. just a one-time deal? I think it's the second time he's done it. Okay, well, it's not a habit then. All right. It could die on its own because he may not like, how shall we say, the olfactory repercussions of this whole thing. But uh, at this point, she is now attuned. She's aware that if, in fact, he's only in his pull-ups, then there's a chance this could happen. So what I would suggest is if she's going to do that and she learned a lesson, you let him run around in his pull-ups, combination, have to go to the bathroom, uh, could be a temptation. So yeah. that's all. There's no big deal. I mean, I'm hoping that she's not attaching yeah. any psychological meaning to this. Is she? I, I, she didn't say so. I would think not. I mean, she's a little kid just kind of checking stuff right. out. They all do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Little kids are capable of just about anything that would come into yeah. their heads. Why would they not? Yeah. They have they have very little self control. They have no moral basis. They don't right. have yeah. It's just okay. So that's what he did. Um, right. Yes. I just said I put it down to him. You know, he's he's a he's a future scientist. He's exploring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just spoken like a grandmother <laughs> whose grandson is in the ninety nine plus percentile in everything <laughs> except judgment. <laughs> He's got years to go. He's got at least, what, 20 years until his brain Well, well I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If he doesn't cure this habit, he's not going to get dates. That's There's just no question about that. <laughs> well, he's a looker. I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. Even his pediatrician says so. Uh, 99th percentile in looks. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're the light. Thank you so much. All right. Thank bye. <laughs> How often have I had this happen? Not necessarily on one's body, but uh, using this to, oh, express discontent. But typically, it's with the older kids. The older kids will say, oh, yeah? You're going to discipline me? Watch this. 
And that pretty much shakes parents up because they understand that a temper fit is to be expected, sort of, but something like this is weird. Now, part of the reason parents get shook up or something like this goes back to Sigmund Freud, believe it or not. Sigmund Freud said that we go through stages. He called them psychosexual stages. The first stage was the oral stage, which is where a child is fascinated with those things oral because he's young. He sucks because that's what he has to do to get nutrition. Second stage is the anal phase. That's what he called it. He said this is where the child goes into battle with a parent regarding the issues of potty training. Now, many people, there's still this residual Freudianism that kind of is like a fog gone through our culture. It's still there. Not like it was. Very few people are Freudians anymore, but it's there. And when parents see something like this, it's it's almost like some kind of subtle psychic repressive throwback where they say, could this mean more? Is this somehow attached to a, a non-conflicted, ridden anal phase? I mean, what, what, what is happening here? That's why parents get so shook up over potty training. They do. Most of the time, potty training is just kind of a, a structural or maybe discipline issue. That's all. It's a teaching issue. It's all it is. It's repetitive, but because it comes with meaning, a lot of parents think, well, you know, this could indicate something psychological. All right, 877-573-7825, 877-57-equal is the number. We are at the halfway point. A lot of times people will say, well, if I don't, if I don't call at the very top of the program, I'm not going to get on. That's not true. You call anytime. You have an equal chance of getting on because we take calls for various reasons. Sometimes it is a topic that we've touched upon yesterday or the day before, or it is a topic that's come up two or three times, and we have a call different from that topic, so we'll go there. Sometimes it's a particularly incisive, helpful comment. The best way to get on, by far, is to disagree with me. You will jump the line. It's kind of like the subway. You'll, you'll jump the turnstiles. You'll get right at the front of the line because if I can't give an appropriate rationale for something I said, then one, I probably haven't thought it through reasonably well, and two, I shudder to think this, that it could in fact be dumb. So if you wish to point that out to me, feel free. 877 573 7825 is the number to call to get onto the program. And within mere seconds here, the music will beginning, be beginning. This is Dr. Ray. The Doctor is in. Co-production of EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. And sitting in the studios of St. Gabriel Radio in Columbus. Father Benedict Rochelle. 
They're all legitimate differences of opinion in any religion. There are differences of opinion in Catholicism. But in Catholicism, you expect that people will take the teaching of its supreme authority seriously. To go diametrically opposed to those teachings is to not be a Catholic. Someone in the name of Catholicism is sponsoring the destruction of human life, lives of unborn children. And he got the name Catholic on the door. The highest authority in Catholicism and the encyclical Humanae Vitae, Evangelium Vitae, is absolutely clear that no Catholic can support abortion and that Catholics are responsible to take serious action against legalized abortion. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Time is God's creation. He actualizes his plan of salvation in time and in space. We live at that interface between time and eternity, and that is never more visible to us as in the liturgy where heaven touches earth. That's where our attention catches a glimpse of eternity. And then, unfortunately, the veil falls too quickly back over our eyes, time passes, memory fades, willpower weakens, our attention gets restless and flitters uh, between the urgent and the importance, the trivial, the profound. In and of itself, time serves nothing. It improves nothing. But through the church calendar, Christ is restructuring time to assist in our sanctification. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. thing that happens with cell phones someone will call and then immediately as soon as the call screamer Andrew or Eric is done speaking to them they will no longer be there now I don't want to take this personally and say it's because of me uh, if they call on their cell it could be because they dropped and Margaret here in the studio says well dead zone and I said, well, how long does a dead zone last? And uh, George, the producer here, the engineer at St. Gabriel, looked at me and said, well, in your case, about an hour. And I said, George, the, or Dave, I'm sorry, Dave, that is, um, that's the whole program. And he looked at me like, what's your point? So I just, just a thought there. Angela was calling because she wanted to say, how do you handle a family wedding when she doesn't speak to most of the family. <laughs> I would like to know why that is. How did that happen that you don't speak to them? But the quick answer to that is you go and you don't worry about who you speak to and who you don't speak to. In most weddings, there's a whole bunch of people there, so you can probably find somebody that you can sit with. Lisa, calling from Buffalo, New York. Hello, Lisa. Is it is Lisa? There's a question mark there. Hello, Lisa. I'm not Lisa. Oh, okay. Who am I speaking to? Mason. I'm sorry? M-A-S-O-N. Mason. Oh, Mason. All right. Got that. Okay. Sorry about that. What's up? No problem. So 
I've been watching this kid for a while, and every time he doesn't get what he wants, he throws a temper tantrum and refuses to talk to me or anyone. How old is he, Mason? Five. Five. What does he do in this tantrum? Does he throw anything? Does he kick anything? Does he bust anything up? He'll sometimes he'll start to kick and rip things, and other times he'll just run into the living room and throw his head into the pillow and punch the pillow. Well, the easy part is the punching of the pillow. You don't have to worry about that one. Let him punch the pillow. When he gets a little more, how shall we say, expressive regarding this fit. Now, do you have permission, for example, if he's going to destroy something? If he goes, he goes and picks up something and he's going to throw it. Do you have permission to take it and stop him? Yeah. Okay. Is this is this somebody you're babysitting or is this a relative or somebody that says Mason's a, a responsible kid and uh, we're going to let him watch our son? It's a relative. Okay. So the relative says, but, okay, here's a, here's a second question. Does the relative know that this kid does this? Yes. All right. Do they care? Yeah. All right. Oh, that'll help you. Do they ask you, how did he behave for you? That's how I behave, and I always give them the exact answer. What do they do about it that you know of? I don't know. Okay. Because if, in fact, they did something about it, this probably would die out relatively quickly. My wife and I, whenever we found out that any of our young children mistreated a babysitter or a grandparent or a CCD teacher or anybody, mom and I reacted very firmly to what they did. And when I say firmly, I don't mean a lecture. I mean they lost a lot of privileges. If he's not going to wreck anything in your environment, and you don't have to worry about stopping him, here's what I would suggest. After his fit is all burned out, he usually has to ask you for things, right? He'll have to ask for a toy or he'll have to ask for his uh, his snack or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Okay. You say, well, I, I was going to let you do that, but not after a fit like that. And you pick about the next five or six things that he wants. I go outside. Nah, I was going to let you go outside, but not after a fit like that. Now, Mason, when you first began this call, you said when he doesn't get his way, he throws a fit, correct? Yep. So when you say, no, I can't let you go outside, not after a fit like that, you're going to throw another fit, right? Uh-huh. Okay. You still do that. You just reset the clock. In other words, it's still five things that he has to accept without a fit before he gets the privileges back. Uh-huh. But you know what makes me a little nervous about this? Is that... He's five years old. He's not two, all right? Two-year-olds, three-year-olds, that's the, that's the fit age. Five-year-olds, for the most part, should be growing out of that. If, if, not because they're getting older, if their parents are doing something about it, 
Is this kid, as far as you know, a problem for his parents? Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, that answer does not surprise me at all. Are you making money or are you doing this as a favor? I'm doing this as a favor. Ooh. How long do you watch him? This week I watched him three days in a row. Whoa. That's a heck of a favor. Yep. Is this a uh, is this one of your uh, siblings' kids? Uh, no. Aunt's kids. Oh, okay. Cousin. How old are you, Mason? Thirteen. Thirteen. What does your mom say about you watching a kid that when he doesn't get his way, he erupts on you? We didn't talk to her about it yet. I think you better. You say, Mom, I don't mind watching him, but I'll tell you what, every time he doesn't get something he wants, he's gonna he he explodes. Mm-hmm. And you can say, I'm not a parent, so I don't have the leverage of a parent. I mean, I can do a few things, but I'm not sure I'm gonna watch this kid if he acts this way. Yeah. Can you do that? Would your mom understand? Would your aunt understand? Yeah, I think they would. Okay. Well, then, instead of going all the way on that, let's do this. Say, it would help me if when I tell you how he acted, you really did something about it. You know, he he goes to bed early. He loses his privilege for that night. Whatever it is that they respond to this. I remember one time my six-year-old son, after we adopted him at age four, his six-year-old son, he he hit his CCD teacher. He punched her in the back. Now, my wife and I hit him with so many consequences because we never wanted that to happen again. Yes. So unless your aunt does something about this, you'll probably have to tell her. You're not telling her her kid's a bad kid, Mason. That that'll that'll get her kind of defensive. What you're telling her is, if he does this, I can't watch him because I don't have the control of a parent. That's what you tell him. Okay. And then if she says, "Well, what do you want us to do?" Then you say, "Well, I need to let you need to let him know there's going to be some good consequences for being so difficult." When I watch him, you're doing this as a favor, buddy, which I think is a great thing to do. But three days in a row on a kid who can erupt on you at a moment's notice, is it can't be fun, is it? No, it can uh, be fun sometimes when he's behaving, but when he erupts and starts to get not so fun anymore. I got gotcha. you. And just out of curiosity, what's the longest fit he's thrown? Ten minutes. Whoa, that's pretty intense. That's a long time. It really is. When you're at peak emotional expression like that, ten minutes is like Einstein said. Time is relative. Ten minutes seems like about a day and a half. Yeah. And so, I know I'm I'm dragging you on this, but one more question. How do you get him out of it? I just let him sit on the couch until he gets out. Okay. 
I'm surprised he sits, though. Oh, we lost Mason. He dropped. All right, Mason. Your battery went dead. (sighs) Parents out there listening to me, the one thing you don't want to do is to let your kid be difficult for other people. They do not like or love your child like you do. So that means their tolerance level for that kind of behavior is a lot less than yours. If your child is difficult for someone in any other context other than the home, whether that's the school, a sitter, a coach, grandma, anybody, your response has to be, I believe, much stronger than it would be when he's just with you. Because you got an added element. You got an element of other people who may not like your child like you do. All right, this is Dr. Ray taking a break. Dr. Ray has more great advice soon. Don't go anywhere. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Is it time for a nap? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. I have to admit something, I am a bad napper. Unless it's rainy outside, I rarely can catch a nap. But according to a recent study, habitual napping appears to be associated with larger brain mass in adults. This appears to be an important protection against neurodegenerative diseases like dementia. Other studies have shown that even 30-minute naps while at home or work could enhance learning, boost attention, and increase well-being and productivity. Some businesses are installing nap rooms and other spaces to catch a few Zs. Job One, however, is getting a good night's sleep in the first place. Good sleep hygiene, meaning about 7-plus hours of sleep per night, is still the best medicine. If you take naps, you have famous company, Leonardo da Vinci, Margaret Thatcher, George W. Bush, and Pope Francis, to name a few. For more on napping, yawn your way over to the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Thank you for joining me. It's Dr. Ray Garandi. Program doctor is in last segment relief to some of you. My son Andrew, who's the oldest, back when he was about four, he, in a, uh, one could make an excuse for this because he was just kind of horsing around, running around, playing around, and as he circled past my elderly uncle, he spit at him. He just thought that was so cute. Right? That's what people say. Oh, he didn't mean it. He was cute. That's what my uncle said. So, oh, don't worry about it, Rame. Oh, no, no, no. So Andrew had to immediately sit. And we said, Andrew, you're going to sit. 
And then when I tell you you can get up, you're ready to apologize to Uncle Rich, you can apologize. Well, he sat there. Kid had stamina, boy. During our visit, he just sat there. Visit's coming close to a close. Andrew, you got anything to say to Uncle Rich? He just stared at me like, who are you talking to? I see your lips moving, but I don't hear any words coming out. So we left. We got home, and I said, well, Andrew, start your sitting here. Because when you're ready to tell me to call Uncle Rich, I'll call him. And you can tell him you're sorry. So after about, I don't know how long it was. I think it was eight days. I don't know, eight or nine days. I, we gave him a port of john port of john and some food. Now, it was probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And he says, okay. I said, oh, good. Good, son. So I called Uncle Rich. I said, Uncle Rich, Andrew wants to tell you something. So I put him on the phone. And you know little kids on the phone. It's terrible. One, you can't understand them. And two, they don't say anything. So he didn't say a word. He just on the phone. Now, I'm not going to beg him. Andrew, what do you say? Andrew, you need to say you're sorry. Andrew, what do you tell Uncle Rich? I, You know, I'm just a parent that doesn't like to do that kind of stuff. So I waited about 30 seconds. I took the phone. I said, Uncle Rich, sorry there. Sorry to bother you. Apparently, he's not ready to say sorry yet. So put him back down. He sat down. Five or ten minutes later, he said, okay, Dad. I said, I'll tell you what, son. I'll tell you what. If you make me call Uncle Rich again and you don't say sorry, you got a lot of things you're going to lose tonight. Like what? And then I, I went and I called my attorney and I made a list. And I said, can I do this legally? He said, yes. I said, okay. So we called. Andrew said, I'm sorry. Now, of all my kids, he was probably by nature the sweetest. Nevertheless, it was an impulsive act. That's okay. I'm not shook up to the fact that he did that. He's four. Four-year-old boys do stuff like that. It's all right. But he had to make it right. And for whatever the reason, maybe he was embarrassed. Maybe he was stubborn. I don't know. Maybe I didn't make myself clear. He didn't respond. All right. Now, some might say, and I had this from the child development people that I came in contact with when he was in preschool. Don't make a child apologize. That's just no. If he doesn't feel remorse, he's just simply uttering words. Those words are meaningless. He's doing it just to assuage you. It doesn't have any feeling behind it. And I say, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So what? He needs to say the words first to get used to saying them. Because I'm sorry is hard words for people to say. This is Dr. Ray. Thank you so much for joining me. Maybe you can join me tonight at Ohio Dominican where we tape the TV show. You want info, go to St. Gabriel Radio's website. This is Dr. Ray. Walk with God. And you won't have to sit as long. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.